Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Tuckcast. I am joined today by my man, Blackjack Tamborski, and Dale Big Diesel Collins, as Jack likes to call him. Diesel. I am Bobby the Bearded Wonder Bennett. Here Is with that you what today. they call you? I don't know. I had to come up with something on the on I the call fly. You the brawny guy. I couldn't be the only one without a nickname. Who is they? So uh, <laughs> we're here today, and uh, in this beautiful weather, we got a little snow falling, a little rain mixed in. Um, not sticking yet, but we'll see what happens when when it goes that way. Um, how you guys doing? Everybody have a good Staying week. Staying warm. <laughs> My head's cold. <laughs> My head is cold. Got a fresh shave. My head's cold. So uh, we've been getting a lot of calls about um, the water because obviously we've had some rain this month. And everybody's been asking this stuff still fishing well. You know, how's the water looking? Obviously, from a day-to-day standpoint, things look better or worse or whatnot. But kind of just wanted to put it out there to everybody that we have had people still catching fish. So even in higher water conditions, it's fishable. I mean, our buddy Bob, he's... Yep. Man, he caught some beautiful browns last week. Like those ones he posted, those those were awesome. So, um, you know, go wet a line. That's the only way you can catch a fish. Catch a fish. Yeah, it's it's not hard to, you know, find some clean water even when it's been raining. Uh, you just you just kind of find that right spot. So yeah. So um, real quick, we'll maybe just talk about some stuff that we've got coming up. So everybody knows. I don't know if we've got anybody in Michigan listening, but here in what three weeks thereabouts yeah something like that yeah. we're going to the what's the name of the show midwest, midwest fly expo the midwest fly expo somewhere near detroit I warren think warren warren not warren like warren north carolina but warren it's like you war, have to, you war have to say it. it's hard to ride on i was a wreck fest <laughs> what a wreck fest jack down oh. the nascar nope. <laughs> that's a nascar thing shout out to ryan newman turns. walking out of the hospital yes that was awesome yeah that wreck was crazy man <laughs> i mean he like took it to the temple the way that car hit him, that was Jeez. that was rough. That was a little scary. That was like actually, Mike Tyson biting an ear off. It's yeah. just like, holy cow, did that just happen? But um, anyways, I think we probably want to do just a quick fishing report. Sure. So Dale's going to probably jump into that a little bit, kind of help everybody out, and hopefully that'll help y'all over the next couple of weeks with the the conditions we've had. Yeah. So the good the good thing about um, this rain is that it's been keeping our water pretty warm. Um through these storms and on the backside the the temperatures will fall off and we'll get those winds out of the north and it'll get really cold uh really fast but man we we're getting into that that time in february where we get some really great hatches uh some great top water fishing to be had out there on some of these warmer days when the water's really nice and uh monday jack and i were walking up some trails with uh with the dogs and my kids and jack's wife and uh we we found some some active fish you know holding in in water feeding so and that was high elevation stuff so the water was crystal clear so uh really really some good sized brook trout really is what they were what what elevation do you think that was about like give or take 35 i don't know there's 55 degrees up there yeah and and they seemed pretty active yeah i'd say the high elevation stuff you got a good four hour window to to hit active fish on on sunny 55 60 degree days so uh quills blueing olives all uh, these, those black caddis are are hatching so that's uh that's a fun time the tuck is not really weightable so only get out there if you got a boat um wade where you and you know your your limits and and feel comfortable but 
a lot of good fishing coming out of the national park, uh, low elevation stuff, clear water, uh, decent water levels. So, yeah, just get it if you want to get a nymph down on the bottom or or throw a good good dry fly setup up top. And you know, the most important thing is you're out there. I uh, I don't know if y'all have had this. I've had a couple people come in saying they've already seen some yellow sallies. Y'all, I've heard that too. I I haven't seen any. But. I haven't either, but. I believe them. I wonder if they know what yellow sallies look like. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Like, are they confusing it with something? I'll take them for it's their kinda, word. It's kind of early, I feel like. But, I mean, it, it has been a little milder this year, so maybe that's part of it. Who knows? Um, I went for a little bit of a hike yesterday by a stream, and, man, it was the same thing, crystal clear. It was yeah, crazy how clear that water was. But you got to watch those high elevation things, though. When it rains, like it comes a good rain, those things will flash quick. Like a flash flood if you're in there, and it it can it can get you in a bad spot quick, especially if you got any stream crossings to get back to your car. You become part of a log jam. Yeah, I mean you, yeah. you seriously could. So you, you gotta you gotta be careful that high elevation stuff, and in the winter time with these rains, there's no roots to soak that water up, and that water just runs right off. Yeah. Well, uh, eighty-eight out the gate. <laughs> Had to. Th- oh, I didn't mention that. By the way, Shannon is feeling a little under the weather today, so that's the reason you're not hearing old big mess on here. Shannon Big Mess Messer. That's what we call him. That's his nickname. So, uh, for all y'all that tuned in to listen to him, I'm sorry. You just got to listen to Jack today. So, uh, we got a great question on, I guess it was either the last podcast or the podcast before that. Um, yeah. One of those. What was the gentleman's um, name? Kevin? Kevin. Yeah. Yep, Kevin. So, Dale's going to read the question here. Kevin, appreciate the question, man. Uh, it's a really, really great topic. Um so uh kevin says here um i've been wanting to let's see going out to madison late june hoping to hit the salmon fly hatch i've been wanting to know the best way to carry on fly rods and fly boxes tsa does not help much with vague information um as well as most airlines how do you travel with all of your fishing gear when y'all go um so great question there um you know directly addressing the question uh you know i don't think too many people in tsa fly fish so um they're they're not too they've got other things to fry besides thinking about that and sometimes fly fishing gear just gets left off and the cross gets listed before fly fishing so uh because it does say specifically you can you can carry on a lacrosse stick oh sure but they don't say anything in regards to fly fishing so yeah um but so great question we're we're actually going to going to go over a lot of this stuff today and 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 just kind of turn it into to a whole episode and so yeah i mean i think it's such a detailed thing you know it's there's several items we can list obviously as bags and gear and stuff but it's also kind of those tips and stuff that we've learned yeah over the you know course of a few years traveling with stuff so uh but we'll you know kevin when you're when you're packing to go um you can certainly carry those fly rods on to make sure that they're in great condition when you get off the plane i have checked fly rods in my luggage before and they came out okay um that was there in some really strong aluminum tubes so that helps um but go ahead and check your fly boxes i think is probably the easiest way to do that go ahead put them in your checked bag um just to avoid any um confusion well it just holds you up in security because they're gonna search the bag if they're in there they're going to pull you to the side and dig through it and pull everything out. So it just saves you time going through security. It's easier just to check it. Yeah. And they'll probably still rummage through your bag every time I've taken my pack or fly boxes. Because, you know, you got nippers and hemostats or whatever. They um, Every time I've 
taken that, they've always searched my bag. So I think it just goes through the metal detector, and they go, hmm, that looks fishy. And it is fishy. <laughs> so. I like how you did that. <laughs> yeah. Now, Bobby, is that when you carry it on or when you check it that they go through it? Uh, I've always checked mine. I've never carried a fly box on. Okay. So I've always checked it. And they put that little piece of paper in your bag saying, we rummaged through your stuff, oh, yeah. basically, is the short way it says it. So, okay. Um, I've never – have you ever carried fly boxes on, Jack? Not to my knowledge, but uh, I get asked about it a lot, like if it's okay. And I would say probably not. You know, with a big streamer hook, they probably don't want anything that big. You might get away with a, a small hook here and there, but not something I would recommend. Yeah. And if you're like me, like if you got your pack – I um I even have like a little pocket knife in there. And that's one of those things like you forget to take out if you go through security and then they take your knife, you know, and it's a cheap knife, but still it's, you know, whatever, 20 bucks that you're not going to get back. So I think it's easier just to kind of check that. But I, I've always carried my rods on. Um, other than that one time me and Jack went to Montana, I, we we did pack together and yeah, put them in Yeah, we did share the, that bag, yeah. Yeah, but I've always carried them on. And it's actually funny, some of the flight attendants, as soon as you like come on the plane, they go, where are you fishing? Like, they see it all the time, especially if you're going to Montana. Um, like, you know, connecting through Chicago or Denver or Dallas, those flight attendants see rod tubes all I'm the time. I'm not. This is my presentation poster. <laughs> <laughs> What's fishing? Yeah. <laughs> I just found the tube at the office. What's fly fishing? <laughs> my boss said here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we'll go ahead and get into it. We yeah, can... Jack's got a little list we made out here. Yeah. Um, We've got a couple of good items here that uh, we take with us, and uh, we'll start off with the Patagonia Black Hole Duffel Bag. That's one that Dale really likes. Uh, it's kind of got that uh, water-resistant outer coating there, so that's uh, great for just throwing it around, you know, if you're in the back of a pickup truck going down a dirt road, you know, it's not going to get your luggage all dirty. Well, that's it. It's, it's, really, um, it's really well made. Uh, all the seams are quadruple stitched it seems like it's not going to fall apart stuff as much stuff in there as you can and uh it does get i've got the 120 they make different sizes i think it's 120 90 and 60 i believe probably something like that liters um so the 120 gets heavy they do make a version with wheels so that's nice they do Uh uh-huh i didn't know that yep and obviously they've got really cool colors i've got the black um which you know when you're looking at a when you check that thing and you're at the luggage carousel trying to find that thing, it's just another black suitcase kind of. So kind of wish I had a different color that was easier to spot on a conveyor belt. But I mean, that's probably what's nice about fish ponds. Yeah, the uh, the Thunderhead duffel, that one's going to be a bright orange. Pretty yeah. hard to miss. They got that's that water right. camo now, too. It's in water. That water yeah, camo is ridiculous. Camo. Yeah, it's so ugly. I love it. Man. I like it, too. I like it well, a lot. So, uh, Dale, you're just not on the, the river black enough. hole duffel, I, I did uh, – I packed a – fish pond mid-length net in there to take to montana one time and it barely fit like yeah the handle was like poking out a side and yeah i mean they these these guys at these airports they just trash these bags yeah they sling them <laughs> and you can tell this thing had been abused but it did not poke a hole through the ripstop so yeah. um but it, you know that that waterproof of you know capability or water resistance comes in handy um bobby and i are headed down to, to argentina and um, you know, we've been told, Hey, it's a good idea to have some, have some luggage, this water resistance, cause it is going to be in the back of a truck and going down a dirt road for a couple hours. Um, so, uh, you know, who knows what the weather is going to, going to be like that on, on the luggage. Yeah. So those are, those are both good items that the black hole from Patagonia or that fish pond thunderhead, they both have shoulder straps. I don't think we mentioned that. Ah, so you can throw that duffel up on your back 
walking through the airport, so you're not carrying a 120-liter duffel like a well, suitcase. Well, the, the, the fish pond is fully submersible. It is, yeah. It's got that really nice zipper. So, that you know, the Patagonia one is, is not advertised as fully submersible, but, um, you know, I guess in the event, that Thunderhead thing becomes a like a life-saving thing. It could be a life preserver. <laughs> yeah, right, man. Right. You strap that thing on. Man, that thing would hold up like 20 bodies, that thing's so big, if it was full of air. I mean, it's it definitely is. It'd be like a life raft. So, but those are two good ones. Obviously, you kind of got to pick which one you like better. And um, for all these items that we're talking about today, obviously, you can call us. We can talk about it over the phone or come by, and we can order anything that we don't have in stock for you and sh- and basically drop ship it to you if we need to, or you can pick it up here too. So, what do we got? What's the next thing there? Yeah, not too far off from the Thunderhead duffel, we've got the Grand Teton rolling luggage. Which that is not going to be the waterproof, uh, you know, outer bright. It's more the classic. That's a Cadillac. That's yeah, right, it's the yeah. Cadillac classic rolling. It's a big bag, bag. but it's a suitcase. You, you can fit ten foot rods in there pretty comfortably. Uh, and we fit mid length nets. Yeah, the the fish pond mid length net fit in there just fine. Um, so that one is a great. Um, you and a buddy could split it. Me and Bobby, you know, we we put all our rods in that. Uh, it's been a good one. Yeah, I mean, I like it. Uh, it's. It is big because it does hold ten foot rods, so it, it's it's long, um, and when it's packed full of waders and boots and rods and reels and ten foot rods broke down in four pieces. Yeah, in yeah. a travel tube, or yeah. does it have its own tubes? <laughs> Just to be clear, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> travel tubes not included. Yeah. Now, uh, 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 one thing I really do like is that it's divided down the middle, so you can kind of keep your gear in one section, and then on the top, maybe you know, throw all your clothes. Yeah, so you don't have some muddy boots or something. That's right. Touching your nice, you know, plush you know, um, shirts. Speaking of boots, I think it was uh, Steve Keeble we were talking to in the shop one day. He, uh, I think he was telling me he's flown before wearing his wading boots. No way. Yeah, I remember that story. He did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he so said I just wear them so that it keeps the weight down. Yeah, you because know, you, you, you got a weight limit on your bag that you can check. Yeah. So, uh, and obviously, and we'll, we'll talk about some good boots to fly with, but. Waiting boots can be heavy. They can. That's all right. What have we got next here? Well, rod tubes for carry-on. There we go. All right. So we've got these Sims Bounty Hunter rod tubes. Uh, they come in the single and the double. We've got them both here at the shop. Uh, they hold a 10-foot, don't they? Yeah, I, think, I, I yeah. do. They, they yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're not looking for the full luggage compartment, you know, that can be a great option. Um, you know, if you wear a backpack, you can carry that along with it. So I guess that's got a shoulder a strap. Personal item, you can. Yeah. I've always just carried them on, throw them in the overhead luggage. Yeah. And that's a good option because you know you rod and reel in that case all by itself. And there's probably enough room where you could stuff some tippet and stuff in there if you wanted to too. If you wanted to, I don't know why you do that, but you might. Who knows? Whatever. I never know. So. All right. Never know when MacGyver. So that one's pretty simple. <laughs> Everybody knows the rod yeah. too. That one doesn't take too much explanation. I don't think. Yeah, so next we've got the Patagonia Middle Fork Packable Waders. I don't personally have any experience with these. What about you guys? I've tried them on. Yeah? They're yeah. comfortable? I haven't. Yeah, no, they're fine. They're, You know, the feet are different. If you haven't seen these, the feet are, um, and I don't know the, the actual material off the top of my head, but it's almost kind of feels like a, a substitute of some type of rubber, which I know, you know, Patagonia is super environmentally friendly, so it's not a rubber, but it's not the standard neoprene booty that you normally feel. And uh, what that does is it helps them pack down. They actually pack down into a, a sleeve, like almost a stuff sack that is, I don't know, maybe 10 inches by 4 inches, 5 inches. I mean, they are super small. 
Um, obviously, if you're me and you're a big boy, it's not going to be as small as Jack's little stuff sack since he's like wears small clothes or something. But, uh, you know, it's still super packable and they're super light. I don't even – do y'all remember the weight on those? Yeah, I forget the – I'll look it up right now. Single digits are. of ounces they are. I'll pull it up here. Um, yeah, I, I think they're um, – I think at the Patagonia sales meeting, Shannon went. Shannon and I went to back in June. They told us the the warranties are less than one percent of the units that have been sold. So pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, so you think you know? Because my worry initially was, you know, how's that going to be walking through a briar patch? Yeah, that's right. They were pretty thin, but they they hold up really well. So I've been been impressed with those. Um, but yeah, definitely don't take up much space. <laughs> um, they weigh. And this is in a large. They weigh twenty six ounces. That's pretty impressive. So it is. a pound and a pound half. half, half yeah, give or take. Yeah, roughly a pound and a half. That's pretty impressive compared to a G three. What's up? And the uh, oh, I, I don't even know. I'll have to look that up. Hold on, I'll look four, it up. Four pounds. They the stuff sack is. Um, I had it here on my phone. The stuff sack is approximately eight by thirteen inches. So I was a little little small on that, but that's still small as heck. 26 ounces. Let's see if I can pull up some G3s here. I want to say the G3s are closer to 50 ounces. I want to say 48, something like that. Y'all keep talking while I look this up. <laughs> hey, one thing, just to go back real quick to the rod transport stuff, um, the the bigger vaults that Orvis and Fishpond have that are over the shoulder, they hold your reels, fly boxes. Um, what are they called? I've got one. I use it. It goes over your shoulder. It, yeah, it goes over your shoulder, and it's also got a handle. He's talking about the rod carrying case that carries reels and rods all in one. That opens up. Oh, that one there. Fish pond, separate, fish pond makes it. Yeah. yeah, it's got a separate section, I think. That's sent. on the list, I think. I didn't see it. Uh, we talked about the rod tubes, but. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll put that on the list. So the G3 layer, to jump around here, uh, it weighs 45 ounces um, in a large. So that all depends on, you know. And so you're saving 20 ounces, which doesn't sound like a lot, but you're talking a pound and a quarter. And when you're trying to stay under 50 pounds on a check bag so you don't have to pay extra. It all adds up. It adds up. So anywhere you can go. I mean, it's like hiking a, the Appalachian Trail, you know. You start, you're not cutting pounds. You're looking at cutting ounces in the, when you do that just so you can keep it. So it's the same thing when you're when you're traveling. Um, so, yeah. But talking about that thing that, that Dale was talking about, it's basically like a, you know, it carries rods, reels. I mean, me and Dale both have one. We put tippet in it. We put fly boxes in it. Um, I've got shooting heads for two-handed rods in there. I mean, it's it's incredible how much you can fit in those. It doesn't hold rod tubes really well, but it'll yeah, hold you, Yeah, you keep them rods, in the sock. Uh, in the sock, and then it's got a separate zippered compartment that they stay separate from the boxes. So, you know, it's not something you want to just, like, I wouldn't check and, it. Yeah. I would carry that on for right. sure. Yeah. That'd be something you carry on, but you could, you know, if you, I think mine holds ten rods. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! So I mean, they hold a lot of rods, but obviously, most places you travel, you're not going to take ten rods. So, but you could put two rods and a bunch of other stuff in there, you know. So you throw like your your buffs in there, and you know, a winter hat, a pair of gloves, souvenirs. Like, yeah, I mean, it it gives just gives you it's an awesome little. I mean, an extra pair of clothes probably would fit in there if you only had a couple rods in there. Yeah. You know, so that's a good little carry-on item to if you, if you really don't want to check your rods and reels um, in in a checked bag, that might be a great way for you to carry stuff on. So, what's next on that? We've got a waterproof backpack, very versatile. There, you know, 
just out fishing can be a great carry-on bag um we've got them from fish pond and patagonia dale you wear the patagonia one you wore that yeah, Montana I, with I, us I, I enjoy year. um traveling with that thing we um i know last year i two 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 trips up to montana i've taken that it serves as my carry-on i stuff as much as i can in it and uh and then when we go out for the day fishing that's pretty much got fly boxes and anything i need for the day fishing sandwiches tippet you know all that stuff and you can strap rod tubes to it so um and the fish pond does as well and they're i think they're thunderheads aren't they thunderhead backpack yeah, thunderhead sling and backpack yeah. or whatever yeah so um no that was that's great um and it just goes with you everywhere but you know it, it's kind of along the lines of that mental min, minimalist uh ideas where you, you try to try to have a utility piece that can serve other functions throughout the trip yeah so i mean that's it it's a dry bag it's a backpack it's everything that's that's kind of what's cool about it um because you definitely want to have something if any of you ever fished in the mountains whether it's here or you're out west or going somewhere international um you want something when you're not by your car that is going to keep your stuff dry because at any time you get a rain shower so it's or it's, fall in or you fall just in never know. yeah so it's nice to have that even on a boat on a float i trip. actually have had this thought man this is i know this is going to sound crazy but wearing that thing fishing you never know what might be behind you sometimes like you know you're not really paying attention to what's behind you but i thought man if a bear was to come up they got if i like curl up where are we going with <laughs> I, this? if i curl up as a bear's <laughs> attacking me he's gonna have to get through that backpack before he gets to my vitals <laughs> yeah i don't think he'd have a problem <laughs> Just saying, it's one more thing to slow him one down. One more layer. If that makes you feel a little better, Dale, then hey, then you know what? You if if you know, eighteen ounces on a middle fork waiter makes you feel a little better, then that's cool too. It'll let me outrun you. I'll tell you that. <laughs> hey, I just gotta last the longest. <laughs> oh, Marathon man. runner here, folks. But yeah, I mean that's that's the thought I've had. Is it's it's a little more protection than a cordura. <laughs> Slice through that stuff, cordura. <laughs> At rip stop, it'll rip keep stop. it. It'll yeah, keep rip, him. Oh, man. yeah, rip stop, right? <laughs> oh, Grizz is laughing. Bear proof. I'm pretty yeah. sure Grizz has laughed at that rip stop logo. <laughs> what else you got there, Jack? We've got the taco bag or burrito bag, depending on your food preference. There, the taco bag from Sims and the burrito bag from Fish Pond. Are these plant based friendly? That is a great question for Bobby. What do you think? <laughs> no, they're not. No. <laughs> so non-vegan basically if y'all don't know what these are they're you know it's kind of like a waiter boot storage thing we we use them just around fishing you know our home waters because they're awesome to stand on while you're putting on your waders and then when they're soaking wet and you throw them back in the back of your car or whatever you know you're not getting water everywhere so it's nice to travel with that and you don't necessarily pack pack it as a bag on the airplane but maybe you fold it up throw it in your in your checked bag or whatever and so while you're out there for a few days fishing, you have that thing to protect the bottom of your waders while you're changing at the car or whatever um, so that you kind of keep that. And traveling back, if your waders and boots aren't completely dry, which they probably won't be because most people are going to fish all the way up till the last day, um, it kind of protects the rest of your luggage and your other clothes and stuff from getting totally disgusting. Well, and you hit on it there. Dirt is probably the most damaging thing to our gear. Yeah. I mean, when you, it's if, abrasive, man. If if you don't if you don't wash your waders, you definitely should try sometime. Just put them in the bathtub and wash them, and look at what how dirty that water is coming off of them. So, um, and it extends the life of your gear. Yeah. So, oh, I believe it. I was trying to think of a joke there for the bathtub thing. I couldn't come up with anything. Yeah, I was. Well, Sims recommends. I was, I was just in Scotts Creek. I don't Just, know Google, it. 
Look at that water. <laughs> so yeah, the taco burrito bag. Um, those are probably our two top ones. Um, and it, that you know, a lot of these items we're mentioning to you. It's, it's it's not ones that we're saying, hey, buy this one. It's just personal preference. That's the reason we're mentioning that there's a couple different companies that have them. Um, and you kind of got to look at the features and make that decision on what you think are, 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 you know, work best for you. For where you're going or maybe how much you travel, all that good stuff. So, um, what else, man? Other than that, what have we got here? Supplemental power. Not really uh, fly fishing dedicated there, but, you know. You're on the plane, you want some extra juice, charge your phone, your iPad, whatever it might be. Always handy. Yeah, I guess your camera. Yeah, like camera. You get a camera. Definitely. So it's something when you're traveling, you know, obviously we're, we're kind of talking about w what to use to get your gear there. But, you know, it's just tips and tricks. Make sure you take, when you have technology and you're going to someplace you don't know, you don't know what signals you're going to have, how much power you're going to have, where you're going to be able to get power. So if you're wanting to take a lot of video, photography, things like that, it's always good to have that little backup battery that can, you know, get – most of them can get probably five to ten charges on, like, an iPhone, I would assume. I don't know what it would do on, like, a camera or something like that. But it's good to have that or take extra batteries. Uh, obviously, you can't do that for your cell phone, but for your, your, your cameras and stuff, um, you know, plan ahead for that stuff. Now, the bad thing about all that is that stuff weighs a lot. So it it's probably a good idea if you're trying to save that money on the checked bag fee is maybe try to carry those batteries. Can, you can't it, carry batteries. That, on. Uh, yeah, 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 that's the kicker. You have to carry so them on. So you have to check them. Oh. oh, you have to carry them on. You have to carry them on, yeah. See, I don't you travel with a camera them. and stuff. I just use my iPhone when I travel. So If they're lithium-ion, you can't check them. So lithium-ion, you can't check them. And all that's probably on the TSA because I'm sure there's a ton of people traveling with cameras. Oh, yeah. So you have to carry your batteries on. What about That's that right. battery pack? Is that a yeah? The battery pack that would be a lithium ion too. Yeah. So, so that one you definitely have to. carry that one on. It'll save you a little weight in your check bag there. So, um, yeah, make sure you do that. Um, any other tips and tricks and things like that when y'all travel that you think about? We act the you know talking about Steve wearing his his wading boots. I mean, I've I've kind of worn certain jackets and stuff on the plane because they're heavy, and I know like man, I'm going someplace cold. So I'll wear it on and then just stuff it in the overhead compartment once I'm on the plane um, to save weight in my in my uh, checked bag. So, you know, stuff like that, you kind of got to, like, think outside the box, like, how can I save that weight? Um, and also to fit stuff, it, you know, again, I'm a big guy. Dale's, you know, semi-big guy. Our clothes are a lot bigger. I can't put as many pairs of pants in my luggage as Jack can. <laughs> so, like, I got to figure out, hey, can I fit everything? So, when y'all shared that suitcase, what you're saying is you were three-quarters of it and Jack was a quarter? I got a quarter. I wore, right. I wore three <laughs> pairs of pants on the plane so Jack could carry his stuff. <laughs> that's that's what happened. Well, you know, what? You know, we mentioned wading boots in, in Steve's example there, but um, you, you, you do have to think about if you've got a pair, let's say the Patagonia Danners, you do not want to fly with Patagonia no, Danners. No, those things are heavy. They weigh a ton um especially coming home they're going to be still wet so yes. they're going to weigh even more but uh the sims flyweight vibram boot is fantastic um it's very light uh the vibram grips fantastically from my experience but uh, it drains it drains fast as it dries faster so um you know think about your boot application orvis has got a lightweight boot uh the flyweight is the the sims version of that and uh, bizarrely enough, Patagonia, even with the lightest waiter, they do not have a lightweight boot lightweight anymore. Boot. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy. And and think when you when you do that checked bag, when you travel out there, like Dell said, the boots might be wet coming back. 
you probably, I think it's you, most layer lines, it's 50 pounds, right, for a check bag? Yeah. yeah. So you might want to be in that 45, 47 range because coming back, you might have a couple souvenirs. Your waders or boots yep. might still have moisture in them, um, things like that. Something else that you should have um, that I learned uh, the first time I went to Montana is go ahead and get some rain pants. Good rain jacket, obviously. I think most people that fish already know that. Um because Montana is one of those places where when you wake up in the morning, it could be 25 degrees, and then by afternoon, it's 80 degrees. And there is nothing worse than being out there when it's raining and it'd be hot. It's not going to be 80 degrees, but if it's 65, 70, and you're just on a boat and you put your waders on, like you get sweaty. So rain pants are nice. They're lightweight, keep you dry. Um, they're super simple to carry on the boat with you or in a backpack. Um, and Stuff in that yeah. dry bag. Yeah, stuff in the dry bag. So I highly recommend having, you know, a really good rain jacket, good set of rain pants, um, and it'll just – because most of these places you're going, you've spent a lot of money, you know, whether it be airfare, travel, hotels, maybe guided trips, whatever. The worst thing is just to have a miserable day because you don't have the right equipment um, while you're out there fishing. So you want to be as comfortable as possible because um, you definitely don't want to miss days fishing if you can help it. So uh, what other tips are there? Anybody – Got any off the top of their head? I, I would love it if anybody's got tips out there before I let these guys come back in with more tips. Um, email us, whatever. Yeah, it's a great and, question, Kevin. And we can definitely mention them because, you know, we're not the end-all, be-all traveler. There's probably people out there who traveled much more than us and have a little bit more extensive stuff that could say, hey, this is a great thing I found. This is easy, hard, good, bad. Don't ever do this. But um, do y'all have any other? Oh, that So do y'all do y'all think it's better to fold? Or roll. Roll. Your roll clothes. it up. Always. I've tried that roll thing. I watched a military guy do it because that's I guess that's how some of the military teaches is to roll. If Shannon was here, he'd tell. I don't think it saved any room. <laughs> I tried it both ways because I was like, man. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm torn. I don't know. I mean, the great thing is if you can do laundry, you know, take half as many clothes and do a load of laundry somewhere in the middle of the trip if possible. Yeah, so. it's just easier to roll up a shirt than fold it for me. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder your shirt's always wrinkled in the shop. Yes. Yeah, well, <laughs> hey. He's a roller. <laughs> <laughs> One other thing, you never want to leave home without it. You want to download your favorite podcast. The oh, yeah. That's one thing we forgot there. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't hit up the cloud on that airline at uh, 30,000 feet. That's right. Cruising Look, altitude. Well, I get He'd be buffering a while, I think. Yeah. You can buy Wi-Fi on the plane, right? Sure. If Who wants to buy Wi-Fi? Uh, I mean, that's kind of my Come thought. On, is unless you're doing business or work or and you got to have it. But, yeah, that uh, – Download movies, download podcasts, movies. music, whatever you need before you before you even get to the airport. Just do it at home. Go ahead and have that kind of planned out. Um, always download more than you think you need because Jack and Dale can attest mm. to this last year. Their plane got held up at oh, the first boy. airport, and it was a debacle. So it's nice to have a little bit extra for yeah. sitting on – how long did y'all sit on the tarmac? An hour and a half. An hour and a half and on then, the tarmac. And then we walked probably eight miles around the Dallas airport. Yeah, we had a long time. It was a long day. Hey, I, I, I did I did find out why we sat on the tarmac for an hour and a half. This goes along with uh, I got a flight attendant friend. Um, <laughs> I know somebody. I know, I know somebody that knows somebody that stole something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no – they, this goes back to your whole the media thing, and they had to reboot the system that provides the Wi-Fi. 
Are you serious? Oh, yeah. yeah. They told us that. Yeah. And so we missed our connector. Because of Wi-Fi. Because of Wi-Fi. They couldn't get the Wi-Fi router going. So That had, seems. Yeah. They had, they had to call a technician. Pretty minor. Yeah, it, like, it, it totally is. Like, it, the plane function does not matter whether I have Wi-Fi or not. We can still fly. So Unless the Wi-Fi is running those engines. I mean, that's a different conversation. But if the Wi-Fi is <laughs> running those engines, I do not want to be on that plane. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I don't even know what to think now. So, Yeah. So yeah, make sure you do all that. Um, if y'all again, if y'all have any questions about any of this stuff, call us. We're happy to help you kind of pick and choose and look at and decide and all that. And we're happy to order stuff for you. Um, is there anything going on over the next couple of weeks besides the the fly fishing festival uh, or the fly fishing thing in the Midwest? We've got a lot of confusion. Uh, the oh month yeah, of March. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit because that is a hot hot topic. We've been getting phone calls on this already. Um, hey, is it? Is it a closed season in March? I heard you can't do any fishing in March. And it's, you know, a valid question. North Carolina Wildlife, um, they unintentionally confuse a lot of folks uh, with the press that they put out regarding trout regulations in the month of March. Um, to be clear, it only closes the month of March for hatchery-supported waters. So now, where, can, where else can you fish, Jack? Now, Dale, can you tell us about hatchery-supported waters? Is that all water that gets stocked? So, you mean as in, like, gets support from the hatchery? Yeah, exactly no. what, it, what it sounds like. That's right. It does sound confusing. And maybe that's what we should talk to NC Wildlife about, is maybe changing the name of that. I think it's the way they word it. Right. Yeah. So, uh, no, delayed harvest, you can still fish the month of March. Although it is supported by a hatchery. It is supported by the hatchery, but it's called delayed harvest. They actually stock fish in March. That first week of March, just about every delayed harvest in the state will receive a stocking weather permitting. And, uh, you know, it's on. So um, you just have to make sure, you know, one 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 caller uh, said he, his cabin was on a certain hatchery supported stretch. And I said, yep, don't don't fish out in front of the cabin. But, you know, a quarter mile upstream, we would be in delayed harvest and be good to fish all day long. So um, so those those regulations are marked on the diamonds on trees along the roadsides where you can park to access these waters. So just look for those diamonds. If it's green and white in the month of March, you know, just, just find the one that's black and white. And it's to the first Saturday in April. So wherever, Is that right? yeah, so that's it's, right. it starts March 1st and it goes to the first Saturday in April. So it could be the 7th of April. I remember like last year it was. I think. Yeah. Before the waters technically open up on hatchery supported it looks like it'll be the fourth of yeah. april april 4th yeah. yeah so april 4th is when it'll it'll actually open back up um if you really want to fish those um and i think i don't know if they have they done this every cherokee also closes some of their There's water two weeks yeah the last two weeks in March. so we might put a post out about that so if anybody fishes cherokee you know um you want to make sure you're not over there fishing any of their tribal water so that you don't get in trouble there because they do patrol it um, so if y'all have any questions on that we'll, we'll we'll still get a bunch of calls about it but feel free to call us and um it's extremely confusing nc wildlife needs to do an overhaul on that and and make it more user friendly in a way that people you know that aren't familiar with it can understand it our next guest ranger drick from nc wildlife <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all right yeah. You know, hey, at the end of the day, I know we've, I, I think in the podcast with Ken, you know, we kind of, I don't want to say picked on, but, you know, we talked about NC Wildlife, how they needed to update regulations. It's not that we don't like NC Wildlife, man. For what they do, they do a fantastic job. Yeah, Overall, absolutely. they do a great job. It's just, you know, 
it, it's just like having a a politician or something. You kind of throw out some, you know, critique like, hey, can we get this? Can we do this? Could this be better? And, you know, helping the public understand stuff, I think, is is kind of at the top of that list where it's user-friendly. That's right. Um, so. Here's a good question. Do I need a trout stamp this year? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good one since we're on the topic of this. Yeah. So as of September 1st, 2019, NC Wildlife pretty much eliminated having to have a trout stamp. So now your regular inland fishing license is good to fish for trout in North Carolina. Um, you don't need to buy a separate trout stamp. Now, they did go up on that inland license price, but at the end of the day, it's actually cheaper than what it was before when you had to buy the trout stamp. So I guess they're somewhat offsetting the price of losing the trout stamp mm -hmm. and making it up with the inland fishing license, um, which, again, I think that's awesome because it's less confusing now. You know, before That's you right. had to explain, people like, oh, I got to buy a trout stamp. Well, I'm not fishing for trout in that river. Well, you're still fishing on the trout designated river. Now so you, you got to have it. Now you don't license. have to worry about it. You just buy one inland license and you go fish for smallmouths. You can go fish for trout, all that stuff. So well, it, it just makes it easy. That, that trout stamp went to help pay for the stocking, like what it costs to raise a fish. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just, I mean, they're just all just com consolidating it. Yeah. So somebody down in. Raleigh's now paying for stocking, I guess, even if they're not trout fishing. Right mm -hmm. on. In a way, they've just kind of. Well, yeah, I that. mean, you know, hunters and anglers are the greatest contributors to conservation. So yeah. with with those permits. Well, that's cool, man. That was a good question, guy. I'm glad, glad you brought those up, man. That uh, that's important for everybody out there. That's a hot topic for the next thing. Um, do one of y'all mind pulling up the DH stockings for March? Do y'all have that? Just so we can go ahead and mention that, that since. This this podcast will air March right before those stockings. March fourth, I think, is Jackson County. So we're gonna pull those up for you so that y'all can at least Jackson have that. County. We've got March the fourth, April second, May the fourth, Swain County here on the Tuck. We're looking at March the fifth, April the sixth, and May the fifth. What else? Nana Hala. Nana Hala over there in Macon County. We've got March sixth. April 7th and May 7th. Anything else? West Fork of the Pigeon. Here, where are we at? Haywood County here. That would be March 2nd, April 1st, and May the 7th. What, uh, Anything else? How about, how about Snow, Snowbird and Fires Creek? Can you find those pretty quick? Snowbird's Graham County. Can you read, Jack? You I got to squint now. Gosh, yeah, thanks, man. You're getting man. old. You need glasses? All right. Big Snowbird there in Graham County here. We're looking at March the 6th, April 8th. And May the 6th. Cool. Hey, I'm curious. Mitchell? The Mitchell River? When's that getting stocked? Why are you going to be over that way or something? Oh, the Mitchell River. It's kind of fun making him look all this up. <laughs> what county are we in there, Mitchell River? Was that Surrey or? Surrey. All it right. might yep. be Stokes. Surrey. Yeah. Surrey. Uh, let's see. We've got March the 2nd, April the 1st, and May the 1st. Cool. That's for the Mitchell River. Fires Creek? Clay County? It's funny to watch him do this. I don't know why. <laughs> I got to squint hard. Let's see. All right. Clay <laughs> County there, Fires Creek. We've got March 6th, April 8th, and May the 6th. We got a theme going on here that's all the first week. Hey, what about Shelton Laurel? <laughs> all right, now, Dale. What about the Green River? <laughs> You're cut off. 
So got, all those are on NC Wildlife. Is that where you were at? They're on NC Wildlife. I, I actually just pulled up our Instagram page. I was reading it off of a, a recent post there. So you can check it out there as well. What's our Instagram page? Go tell them how at, do they get there. At Tuck Fly Shop. There it is. Facebook? Tuck to CG Fly Shop. We have two pages. Check out Silva, too. Um, yeah. And what's our, what's our website? Let's do it all. TuckFlyShop.com. Throw the plug out there. Don't forget to hashtag us in your pictures. Hashtag TuckFlyShop. Or if you're listening in, hashtag the TuckCast. There it is. There it awesome. Is. Well, I think uh, that probably wraps this one up, man. I don't Jack, know if there's anything you, else. you successfully named about 12 out of 19 delayed harvest in the state. You did good, man. That was awesome, pulling them right up. That's, I can read. sweet. <laughs> I've been working here for five years. Come on. Folks, the, the, the phone was three inches from his face, so he could read, but he does have to hold the phone three inches from his face. I think after we finish this, we might change his settings. He's going to have that big print. That, that big print setting. Going to my accessibility settings. Which I actually have mine set. Well, I, maybe I don't want this. The old phone I had it set. It was nice. Got to get 200% zoom. Yeah, it does make a difference. <laughs> well, we appreciate everybody listening. Tight Again. lines, folks. If you, uh, if you have any questions, give us a call. Happy to help you in any way. And uh, look forward to seeing you here in the shop. Stay cool in that 285 traffic. <laughs> Take care. <laughs>